0: This is Oasis City Radio Music. A, this is Oasis City Radio Music. The sun goes up, sun comes down, this old world keeps spinning around. This is Oasis City Radio Music. 24 hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in. iHeartRadio and the Oasis City Radio app. Stereo. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Well, I'm glad you came to church today. Are you glad well, welcome to Oasis City Church. And we echo what Pam said to you. And if this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're with us. We want to welcome our international family from Jamaica. So glad you guys could be with us today. Thank you so much. Can we can we welcome? Give them a warm American welcome. There you go. So glad you're with us and, and all that you're watching on live stream, our on stream, live stream congregations. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's really our desire that you experience the presence of God. How many of you know that we need to encounter Him? When we encounter Him, our lives are changed. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't just start with an encounter. We've got to grow into maturity. Don't you wish, like, that happened automatically? Anybody parents of preteens? Oh, I'm sorry, that's just me. Sorry, it's my stage of life. Uh, I wish maturity just happened, like the... Hey, I want to share a testimony with you. Is that all right? Uh, did you did you enjoy your self fast last week? You know, Bill did such a great job uh, live streaming from his home and encouraging us with the word uh, from the comfort of his living room, while you were in the comfort of your living room, uh, as he was talking about this week being the week of a of a self fast. So we're living selfless, and that was the challenge. And the challenge was. Can we give something away every single day this week? That was that was last week. Um, how many of you have participated? Maybe you didn't make it every single day, but how many of you gave something away intentionally this week? That is awesome. Uh, and it helps shape our frame of mind and what we do. And you know, when when Pam said, "Favor is better than money," how many of you know that that is true? Bill Bill stood up here at the beginning of the year And said this will be a year of favor and union Or favor and unity That's the year That's what we're we're going after And so we need to understand favor And I'm sure we'll unpack that uh, in in a short time We're going to talk about favor and unity And what that means Um, But can I just just celebrate favor? Can I do that for a minute? So uh, Tara and I We have a, a little bit of a residual income That comes in It's about $200 a month And we're so thankful for it It's a wonderful thing uh, but we decided at the beginning of January, we, we were talking, looking over our finances, and each year we try to uh, we try to give more than we did the last year. Uh, giving statements will be mailed this week. Disclaimers. <laughs> and so, and so as we were looking over it, we said, "Why don't we take this residual income and just give it away, like all of it, like whatever it is comes in? Why don't we just give it away and see what happens?" And we were like, "So we thought it was a great plan." So we did. Lo and behold. January comes, and this residual income that we don't work for, that we don't do anything about, uh, was $435 in January. Isn't God good? And so it's amazing that God responds to your willingness to, to, to be generous. And he says, and he says, okay, if you're going to be generous, let me help you be generous a little more. Isn't that incredible? Let me celebrate another one because I love it. This is, this is talk about favor. Uh, we were... Uh, end of the year. It's the week after Christmas. I'm going through things and I'm opening up the mail and I get a medical bill from a, an emergency room visit that happened in June. I'm not kidding. This is the fir- And this is the first one I got. I'm not late on my bills, y'all, all right? <laughs> this, is, this is the first bill that I got. I got, it's it, it, like the last week of December. This is from an emergency visit in June. It took that long to process, okay, by the time I get to it. Um, and so the week after Christmas, opening up a, a medical bill was not my favorite thing to do, because I didn't think I did it. And it was $2,300. I thought that had been taken care of. It's June. I thought the insurance had paid that. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? Like, I mean, we love checks in the mail, but those surprise bills in the mail aren't exactly part of my declaration that I'm making on a regular basis. So, But, you know... Uh, so so, so I put it on the shelf. Anybody? Uh, all right. Not not long-term shelf, just on that. I'm going to get that at in a minute shelf, okay? And so I pull it up, and I'm going over some things, and this is last week, the week, last week or the week before. And I look at that, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I don't want to pay this. I thought this was taken care of. And you see, our, our son qualified for some medical assistance because of a diagnosis that he has. And so he's been able to get some help with medical bills through the through the county. Uh, but in June that same month we were disqualified. It so happens that this appointment was after that date. I didn't think it was. And so but it was. And so we were totally disqualified. I got a letter. I went back and checked. They said yes, the letter. And so as I was going over this, I thought I'm going to ask again. I mean, we got disqualified, but I said I'm going to ask again. So I called so I called made a call, phone call, email a couple days later. Then this is where we get to last week it comes through. And I get a response that says, yes, we're sorry to let you know that you have been, you no longer qualify for what you had. And I was really disappointed because this was something that was a great benefit to our family as well. We do have medical bills on a regular basis that come in because of some of the care that he needs. But then she said in the email, however, if you would like to resubmit, and if your medical bills last year were more than this certain amount, then you will be automatically qualified and we'll give you another year of coverage. And I said, favor is better than money. God could have given me $2,300, but I'd rather be covered for another year. How good is God? You're disqualified, but if you'll do a little more work, we'll we'll let you go for a year. Isn't God good? And so there comes a point in our lives where, where, where money can't buy what we need. The day when you walk into a courtroom and you need a judge to rule in your favor, don't try to pay him. Don't try to pay him. Don't slip the bailiff a Benjamin and say, hey, do something for me. That doesn't work. Right? There a, comes a moment in time where you need favor and it's not something it can buy. And that's where we need the Lord on our side. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about this because I'm telling you there's something that we can unlock here and that we can understand in the kingdom that is going to benefit our, our lives tremendously. There's, a, there's, there's something that we can walk in as sons and daughters of God. I believe an authority that we can step into that we haven't even begun to touch. Yes. And so be encouraged this week, all right? Are you with me? Be encouraged. We're going after this selfless thing. We're giving stuff away all week. I know we've got testimonies popping up everywhere. And, uh, and there's a testimony, a financial testimony from Pam and Jake that you haven't even heard yet that's going to blow your ever-loving mind like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how about this one? One more. We had teams that went out yesterday. One of our groups, say groups. We have reach groups that meet on a monthly basis. One of our reach groups happened, I believe it's yesterday. I got the email yesterday, so I think I have my dates right. It happened yesterday. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, we, we, we went into a, a grocery store, and there was a woman in a power scooter with fibromyalgia. She felt re- We prayed for her, and she felt released, and the constant pain was gone. Come on, Jesus. But they didn't stop there. I love this. We countered her discouragement with God's word pertaining to identity and the empowerment of God. And then she shared this with us. She said, this morning, the Lord told me to go to Kroger now. So she came into the grocery store expecting a divine encounter, expecting to meet God. We prayed with her. She's active in ministry, but she's been suffering discouragement for a long time. At the end of the encounter, she was crying tears of joy. Come on, you you go grocery shopping and you're discouraged. But by the end of your grocery trip, you've encountered the love of God. You're crying not tears of pain, tears of joy. And so our healing teams will be up here at the altar At the end of the service, and they'll love to pray for you. And if the line's too long, meet them at Kroger, all right? And we're gonna pray for you, and we're gonna see God move wherever it is. Isn't that incredible? I love testimonies, and I love starting out talking about what God has done because He's doing really, really, really good things. And I believe today He has something that He, a place that He wants to take us, uh, 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 something He wants to encourage us with. And so we're in the book of Ephesians, chapter four, if you're ready. Ephesians chapter 4, if you grab your Bibles, uh, open them up. I like the old hard copy. All right, I'm going to preach from my iPad as well, but I like, I like to carry my Bible. So if you have it, open up, and we're going to jump around the Scripture like I like to do because it's full of good stuff. Are you ready for the Word today? You ready to receive from the Lord? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man. Wait, till we all obtain yeah. to a mature man, to the measure of stature, to a mature man. And what's the measure? How are we measuring a, a mature man here? To the measure of stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Holy moly. I think Paul's setting the bar a little high. He's saying we can obtain the measure of the fullness of God. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men or by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. From whoever the whole body being fitted and held together by what Every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is alive and it's a man named Jesus. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit resides inside of us and he's a, he's a great teacher today. So prepare our hearts to receive your word today, that this word would fall on good soil, that it would bear fruit and much fruit, and fruit that remains in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Today I want to talk to you for a few moments out of this text, and I want to encourage us along the theme of this, it's time we grow up. Can you say that? It's time we grow up. Ephesians chapter four outlines this understanding that as, that as the early church was being birthed, it laid out a plan of the leadership of the church and talking about the fivefold ministry, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. But it's very important for us to notice here of what it says the purpose of that is for. And so if we look back at verse 12, it says this, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. As I was preparing this message this week, I, I, I outlined a, a really terrific message that had three points of why we need to be connected in groups at Oasis City Church. And it was a really good message. But I got a little different one for you today. Is that all right? Because we need, we need these things. But I want to talk to you for just a moment because it's so critical that we have the same understanding that we're on the same page when it comes to what God is doing in and through Oasis City Church. It's important that we're all here for the same reason because when we come here together for different reasons, we're expecting different things. Some leave disappointed. Some don't know what's going on. But when we come together with one vision, with one mind, we can accomplish one great purpose. Amen. And so he lays out, Paul lays out this understanding that the fivefold ministry is here for this specific purpose. In verse twelve, the equipping of saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. You know, early on, and as we started the church, you know, we do. Some people call it counseling. I am not a counselor. I don't 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 try to be a counselor. But I will sit down and listen to people, and then I will offer my Holy Spirit inspired opinion. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's not counseling. Because, see, counselors have this gift of, of grace when they talk to people. And they can listen to some of the things, and they can really uh, cover it in grace. And there are many times that I do walk in that, but there are certain things that I just don't walk in. And so I remember sitting down for the first time and talking with people about finances. And they would talk to me about, about how, how much money they made... And how they were spending more money than they made. And whether or not it was uh, spending on good things, uh, the equation didn't add up. Whether or not they were spending frivolously or not. And so my question would always be, okay, how do we solve this? Well, listen, I'm a simple boy at heart. I grew up in a country, and we boil things down to the lowest common denominator. If you're not making enough money, you're spending more than you're making. There's two ways to fix this. You can spend less, or you can make more. And if you do both of them, at the same time, you'll get to where you want to go faster, right? And so I would ask people, all right, so how much are you making in your job? And they tell me, okay, how much are you making in your second job? Well, I don't have a second job. Oh, why don't you have a second job? Well, you know, I just don't have time to do that or da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever. What, do you want to get out of this? Yes. Well, then what do you want to do for a second job? I didn't have a gift of mercy and understanding that. Right? You know, I, I've, I've, been in, I've been in scenarios in my life where I've worked multiple jobs, sometimes more than two jobs at a time because it's been a season that we had to get through. How many of you know that's okay? It's a biblical thing to work, and there are seasons where we have to go through where we say, hey, I might have to work multiple jobs, and that's okay. But how many of you know there's also work to be done in the kingdom? That, that the Bible says, the apostle Paul teaches this, and he says this. He says, w- we're to come together And I'm going to help them help you equip the saints for the what? Work Work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So I believe with all of my heart, the reason we gather together is to equip the saints to work. And we're all working for the same purpose of what? Building up the body of Christ. Sometimes we think that if they're on the platform, these are the people that are supposed to build the body of Christ. Most of the times, it's the people on the platform that are saying, let's equip us so that we can build the body of Christ. And that's why we say it's time we grow up. And I want to address two things quickly, and this is what I heard from Holy Spirit last night, two things quickly in our, in our place that we need to identify, that if we don't, we're really going to miss it. The first one is this, is that, is that it's, it's very easy for us to, to fall into a place where we become consumers, where we come to church with an idea that we're consumers. And what does that mean? It means that, that, what can the church do for me? Now, part of the church's responsibility is to take care of the poor and the widow, the orphan. That's true religion, Right? Not a little Buddhist statue on the back of your jeans. True religion <laughs> is the widow and the poor and the orphan. And that's an element of the church's function. It's, it's, it's what we do. But if the church is only doing this, if the church is just a hospital, how is it building up the body of Christ? I love that the church can be a place where people come and they get whole. I am so proud that we have a ministry at Oasis City Church called Restore, where we offer counseling, where we offer programs, where we offer deliverance, where we we have workshops, where where people can walk into wholeness in their life. That is very much needed. But if all the church does is get people well, and it doesn't take the step forward and equip the, the people to do the work of the ministry, then we've fallen short. And so we must come into the idea with an understanding that there are times in our life where we need care, where we need help, where we're in a difficult season. But it's the church and the leadership's responsibility to get us to a place where we say, I have been healed in that area. I'm not whole yet, but I'm on the path to wholeness. And I'm going to take what the Lord has given me, and I'm going to give it away and extend the kingdom. Are you with me? We've got to come into church with the understanding and the idea that we're here to be equipped. We're not here to be entertained. We're not here to, be, to hear just a good message or to sing some good songs, but we're here to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Yeah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 says this, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the same spirit, intent on what? One purpose. Do nothing for selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as what? More important than yourselves. If you're married or want to be married, just highlight this scripture right here. Philippians 2, 3, all right? No, I'm being serious. I'm going to save you some money. This is good counseling, all right? You're going to pay for this. Philippians 2, 3. If you're in a relationship, come on, somebody. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. With humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Amen. It's putting the other person first. Yep. Do not merely... <laughs> it's, like, it's like Paul's like, oh, you're not getting it. I think he was preaching a message and they didn't amen him. And he said, okay. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. But also for the interest of others, I'm going to say the same thing again another way. And then verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is not Paul saying this is a good idea. He was saying Jesus Christ modeled this. He said, put other people before yourself. So this is the upside down element of the kingdom. Our world, our culture says this, what's in it for me? How does this make me a better person? Is this 90 minutes in church going to benefit me in such a way that it's worth my time? Is this worth me getting the kids dressed for? Is this worth the arguments on the way to church this morning? Is this worth dragging my husband out of bed for today? It's what the world says. Yes. Is what's in it for me. The kingdom says I'm here for the benefit of others. Right. The kingdom says I might not be there for me. I might be there for the person next to me. Are you with me? This is a critical uh, for our understanding that, that we must be a selfless people. So as we went on a self fast, my prayer is that it would not be a, a, a week where we did good things, but it would be a lifestyle. A lifestyle of selflessness. Can you imagine a more a Christian character quality than being selfless? What if we were a generous people like that every day of the week? What would God do I mean, what other bills is God going to pay in my life if I can figure out some of this stuff? I mean, I mean, really, think about it. What is it that God wants to do in your life when he's saying, hey, put other people first. Do something in your life. Become selfless. And you see, it's really critical that we do this. So the first one is this. We need to make sure that we're here for the right reasons and, and that we recognize it's about other people, not ourselves. That's why we come to the church. The second thing that I believe in this is it's a pitfall sometimes of 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 why we hear and why we gather, you see we live in a in an information age. well, that's the understatement of the year okay we live in the what do they call this age now the hyper information age i mean- w- w- what, what what do they call this i mean you, you know we we have information wherever we want it i My boys were doing their homework after coming home from school a couple months ago, and I walked past the dining room and uh sidus is in there doing his homework he's doing his math and they're they're very diligent about it because they know they don't get to do anything fun until their homework gets done you know so he's going at his homework and he's getting it finished at an extraordinary rate and i walk past the dining room and this is what i hear alexa what's 675 divided by 15 I go over and look at his paper. He's got all the right answers. And I think he's doing it all in his head. Like, I, I, I have a math genius here in front of me. No, no, no. I have, a, I have a son who knows how to solve a problem. And the problem is this homework. And so he, he solved it quite quickly. So, you know, we have access to these things that can get us the answers that we need. You know, if, you, if, if you're feeling discouraged... And you wake up Monday morning and you're feeling discouraged. You just need to follow Nicole on Instagram because I'll tell you what, you're going to be encouraged the whole day because she's going to put something out there that's going to encourage you, that's going to tell you you can make it, that's going to make every one of you feel like you're the best mother and whatever in the world. I mean, it's it's remarkable, right? You know, I mean, but really, if if you're discouraged and you need encouraged, just be intentional about who you follow on Instagram. I mean, you can get some great stuff. And so because it, we have access so easily to, to, to things that encourage us and that, and that are truth, we can neglect the part of doing the work. So when you go to turn in the homework assignment and the teacher says zero because you haven't shown the work, even though all the answers are right, you recognize you haven't grown, you're still Immature. You failed this step in life. What happens is, is that when we can so easily reach out, listen to me, and you can, you can ask Alexa for your favorite preacher. When you can hear a sermon that is so well done. At the drop of a hat, at a moment's notice, turn on your TV and hear, hear incredible sermons, get incredible material, open up your, your, your computer and ask Google and find some rich study on the word of God. When you, can, when you can have these things at your fingertips and it's so easy to get, we can often neglect the understanding that we have to work for some things. And it creates a false sense of maturity because we think we got all the answers right But yet, because we haven't worked for them, we haven't worked them out in our own lives, and we haven't applied them to our lives. Do you hear me this morning? And so there's a danger in our culture and our society today that that we have the right answers and that we know what to say because of all the information that we have. But yet, because we haven't worked for it, we haven't been able to apply it to our lives. In Proverbs chapter 25, Verse 2, it says this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Could it be that some of the answers to your questions that you're asking from the Lord, he is intentionally withholding from you so that you'll work for it? Could it be that the thing that you're wanting from the Lord, the answer that you're wanting from the Lord, the Lord is saying, listen, if you seek after me, you'll find me and in me, you'll find the answer. Could it be that the Lord is saying, listen, you you have all of this information in front of you today, and in in this era, we have everything that we think that we need right in front of us, but the Lord is saying, are you willing to pursue me and search out an answer so you can really apply it to your life? There are certain matters that I can preach on or teach on, but because I have not personally experienced them, I don't understand them. I can sit here and tell you the right way to do things when you come into a situation. But if I haven't experienced it myself personally, I don't, I don't, it doesn't grip me. I don't have an understanding. Yeah. But sit down with coffee with somebody that has experienced a tragic loss in their life when you experience the same loss. Yeah. And you found somebody that can help you through it like no pastor on the stage can. Do you hear me? Yeah. We need each other. We need one another today. And as much as we need to gather in church and we need to worship the Lord together and we need to celebrate him, we need one another. Because you have an experience that you've walked through that somebody else needs. And if the church can be a place where we can come together and we can connect you with those people, they're going to be able to help you in ways far greater than a sermon on Sunday morning would be able to help you. Do you hear me? Hey, I'm sitting here saying, we don't have all the answers. But guess what we do have? the ability to equip you and to challenge you and to say listen it's time for us to grow up as a pastor which is hey that's the office that I walk in I'm a pastor what's a pastor mean it's a shepherd yes. pastor is a shepherd and what is a shepherd to do and this is often where we sometimes even miss it we think a shepherd is someone who feeds the sheep and while it is true it's part of what he does a shepherd feeds the baby sheep and a shepherd protects them when they're young and he keeps danger away but what does a shepherd do Psalm 23, what does it say? He leads me beside still waters, leads me into green pastures. Where do sheep eat on their own? And so as a pastor, it's my responsibility to bring you to a place where you feed yourself. And if you're waiting on a tweetable quote from me today to feed you, you're still drinking from a bottle. And that's okay if you're a new believer. It's okay if you just met Jesus. That's okay because this is the place where you can do that. But if you've been sitting in that chair for 40 years, well, you ain't been sitting in it that long here, but if you've been sitting in a chair somewhere, somewhere else for a long time, and you're still waiting on me to say something that you can tweet out this morning, then you've missed it. Because what God needs us to do is come to a place where we begin to feed ourselves. Are you with me, church? Guess what happens when we do that, though? What does Paul say? He says, we come to the place of maturity. What kind of maturity? I mean, not just maturity in a human being's standards, but a maturity as in the fullness of Christ. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't think that was obtainable. How can, we be, how can we be that mature? Well, when a church is sure, they know their mission, and when a people come together sure of an understanding that we've walked into a room ready to be equipped, to be challenged, to be prodded, to be pushed, In the right direction, then we begin to understand what our purpose is, and we begin to get it. Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. Want to read this as we, as I close here today? You know, the book of Ephesians is so good, guys. I mean, it's it's so good. Okay, it's like the high. It's the only. It's the only letter. For those of you waiting on something, here's your thing to learn. It's the only only letter that Paul wrote that wasn't addressed to a specific group of people. Because it was meant, we believe, to be taken to every church and read. So this is for us all. And this one's good. So we were in Ephesians chapter 4. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. Wait, verse one? I mean, can't skip over that one. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Lord have mercy. Imitate God. Wait, imitate God? Imitate God. How do we do that? Well, he sent his son Jesus to be an example for us so we could follow. So if we imitate Jesus that's what we're called to do be like Jesus but we can you can imitate Jesus we can be like him that's what we're called to do but we're not going there we're going a little later verse verse where am I at verse 15 no 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 I'm in verse 5 I gotta look at my notes guys help me out Ephesians five eighteen. alright oh haha you'll like this do not get drunk with wine <laughs> for that is dissipation oh I love this so come on guys don't get drunk with wine you know, it's one of those, like, common thoughts, like, hey, guys, don't do that. But I love this. But be filled with the Spirit. You know, so you're asking yourself, okay, so when you're drunk with wine, is that similar to being filled with the Spirit? Uh-oh. Could, could there be some joy in the Holy Spirit? Oh, Jesus that would be similar. And Paul was saying, there's a better way. Come on. I like to look at it like this. I think of this. As common knowledge as it is for us to say, don't get drunk, it should be as common for us to say, be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. Oh, don't get drunk with wine. Sure, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, we, so if we can't focus on one without the other, like, okay, don't do that. All right, yes, sir. Be filled with the Spirit. <sighs> Work to do. And you know what you just have to ask? And he fills you. You ask, he fills you. That's how it is. It's not anything you earn. There's not a, there's not a tarrying for it, all right? I mean, they had to tarry in the first, you know, early 20th century because they didn't know better. But we don't have to tarry. We just ask. Right? Okay. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is good because I think this challenges us. I love to come to church and I love to sing songs. I text Josie. I said, Josie, that song whew, tore me up. I said, thank God for those video announcements. I got to pull it together because I can't. That's that. And, and And we come together. We worship the Lord, right? So there's this vertical element that we worship God. And we come into his presence. But... I want you to see this. What if church was only practice? Wow. Yeah. On. Because our relationship with him is a thing where we have access all the time. So we can come together and worship and we get this you know, when the psalmist said, taste and see that he is good. So we get this taste. We say, I need, I need a little more of that in my life. And the spirit comes and you feel it and you're like, I don't want to be drunk anymore because this is better than that. And so, and so there's, there's this vertical thing, but listen to me. And this is for, for us as revivalists or as Pentecostals or as people that want to say... Hey, it's all got to be vertical. Listen, this is what Paul says is amazing. Speak to who? One another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Wait a minute. Is Paul saying that there's a moment that we speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? That there's a a possibility that when you walk into church, there's an an opportunity for us to sing a song that's going to help somebody next to us. Listen, you hear us say this all the time that that, that we say, listen, you, you worship because it's not just for you. Right, we worship for God, but, but it's for other people. And Paul recognized this that there comes a moment when you gotta, you gotta speak a song to someone next to you. You gotta sing a song so that the person next to you might start believing what the song says. Because we can come together when we sing these songs, it builds up the people next to us. And so it's this horizontal worship. You know, we're not worshiping each other, we're worshiping God, but we're singing horizontally to each other. And we're saying, you know what? It's okay to dance on injustice. Yeah. You go ahead and you do that because we can do that. It's, it, it, it's okay to worship the way you worship. We're going to sing and encourage each other because we're going to sing vertically. But sometimes we just need to sing a little bit horizontally because it encourage one another. Are you with me? This is packed full of good stuff, guys. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even the Father. And be, what's that last verse say? And be what? Be subject to... To one another in the fear of Christ. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. This is the piece where we need to be a people who recognize that we can't walk in the fullness of God without one another. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Over in chapter 4 that we read, that we started off with, Paul says this, Speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head, even Christ. Speak the truth in love. Who are we speaking the truth in love to? One another. We must speak the truth in love to one another. And therefore, we grow up. We title the message today, it's time we grow up. And, and they left out the W on the screen. Because when you, when you leave out the W and you put grow up together, it says group. And I thought you'd remember that today. Because it's time that we grow up. And listen to me, part, this isn't everything, part of growing up is getting in a group. Because we've got to do this be subject to one another. We've got to speak to each other in love. I'm not going to go on social media thing, but think of what I might say when it comes to social media and how we can respond to one another in love. And you get my point. I can't get distracted. I believe we grow up in groups. It's part of what we do. Out in the lobby today, we have, we have tables set up with our with our different groups for you to look at, for you to talk to. You can sign up there. Hey, the easiest way to sign up, go to the app, click on the groups button. It's all right there. You can browse the groups, browse by, if you're looking for a guy's group or or a girl's group. You have to be a guy to look for a guy's group only. (laughs) I I don't know why I said that. I just, I, I don't know. I mean... We have married groups and different things that you can check out there. You can search by the evening or by your neighborhood or all that. It's real convenient. Uh, But on your way out today, there's sign-up sheets, and you can connect with some of the people there. You can ask questions. You can talk to the leaders, and that's what it's there for. We're going to do that for the next two weeks, today and next week. And I just want to encourage you. This is so critical that we understand that this idea of groups isn't the end-all to Christianity. It's not the end-all to what we do at Oasis City Church, but it's the way we're making disciples, and we can sit here today and we can think, you know what? That's not really for me, but I'm here to encourage you with this. What if you not being a part of a group, someone else is missing out on life change because you're not there. What if your story, what you've walked through, the pain that you've experienced, but the overcoming victory in Christ, your story, your testimony, who you are, what if someone is in a group waiting for you to share your story? We don't get a chance to do that on Sunday mornings. And so it's vitally important that we be able to connect on a small group so that we can, what, build one another up, so that we can pour into one another. As you look around this room here today, it's a beautiful sea of diversity, diversity and age and, and culture and background, ethnicity. It's a beautiful thing. One of my favorite things about this is that there's this, I believe, holy tension that rests here. Because when you worship next to people that believe a little different than you, sound a little different than you, look like a little different than you, do you know what they have to do? They have something to offer the Lord that you don't have. And therefore, they're there to expand your paradigm, to expand the way you think, because they can experience the Lord in a way that you've never experienced him before. So then when you sit down in a living room with someone that's from a completely different background, your mind can be blown because of the way someone else has experienced the Lord, particularly when they come from a different background. And that's the beauty of Oasis City Church and what we have here. And so that's my encouragement to you with everything that I have. Listen, don't be a consumer when it comes to groups and say, well, what is in it for me? Look at it from a standpoint and say, what do I maybe have to offer? Even not when I'm leading a group, but being a part. Because each one of us plays a part. I'm going to read Ephesians 4 here once again as we close. The last few verses says this. Verse 15, chapter 4, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, say whole body. The whole body, not missing one part. The whole body fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. According to the proper working of each individual part. And when that happens, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The body can't grow. We can't build ourselves up in love when we have individual parts that are missing. And please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that if you're not in a group, you're missing and the church falls apart. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm saying when you choose to not be a part of what God is doing in the body, the body is missing something vitally important. And most oftentimes, the people that complain about politics are the people that don't engage in them. And most often in the church, the people that complain about church are the ones that aren't involved. And I see it over and over again. But this church is different. And I want to see us walk in maturity and to see the fullness of God. Because what if we could see what Paul talked about? What if we could be a body like Paul talked about, the fullness of Christ, maturity? I believe we can see it. A lot of our our group leaders are already out in the lobby. But if you're a group leader and you're not there and you're in the sanctuary, I just want you to stand. If you're leading a group, a connect group, a reach group, care group, connect group, if that's you, just stand. All right, we have several out in the lobby as well. But these people are people who have said, I'm going to take time out of my schedule and I'm going to lead people in a discussion, a Bible study, a book study. I'm going to impart what I have. But they need you to do your part as well. And so I would encourage you as they go out of here for you to stop by the table, sign up, talk to them, do all that stuff. But right now, if you would, would you give them a rousing applause for saying yes? And you guys can go ahead, our group leaders, you, you guys can go ahead and make your way out and I'm going to release us in just a moment. I'm giving them a head start because it gets a little narrow down there. Um, before I release you, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to pray for people here at the altar. If you have any need in your life, you're sick in your body, you need, to, you need someone to agree with you in prayer, we're going to pray with you. And for the rest of us, I believe a lot of the call to action is like, hey, where can I get involved? Where can I get plugged in? The way we do ministry, the way we make disciples ways to sit in Church are through these groups. And so... Get involved. Do your part. We sang the heavens are open. Let your kingdom come. And for me, I there's something about that song that just connected with me in such a deep way. Do you ever someone ever sing something that you think I couldn't have said that better? That's my heart's desire. That's my prayer. And that first verse, can you put that first verse up on the screen of that song? I know I'm throwing a curveball at you guys, but uh, the first verse to the song that we sang there at the end, The course, says the heavens are open, but let your kingdom come. And the first verse of that, we're getting, we're getting close. What's the word? Somebody help me with the words. Teach me how to listen. I want to know your voice first verse in the song that we sing understand that to get a word from the lord is an incredible thing but to learn how to listen and hear his voice is a total different level totally different we have a grow group that is all about hearing the voice of god And then, how to apply that to your life. It will also tell you when you hear your soul and you think it's the voice of God, which is a really important differentiation. We don't like to, sometimes I think people don't want to go there because they think if I tell you what to do, I know you'll do the right thing. But if you hear what to do, sometimes you won't hear right, and so you might do the wrong thing. This is why relationships and groups are so important because you go into your group and you say i heard the voice of the lord and he told me to do this and we say sorry man that contradicts the word of god and god wouldn't tell you to leave your wife he just wouldn't but you know i know the lord said this and i heard holy spirit yeah but that doesn't work he wouldn't tell you that because he doesn't contradict himself do you hear me this will rock your world change your life if we get this, that yes, we can hear, but it's in, it's in connection with the body, being joint fit to joint. Are you with me? Each person playing their part that we come to find out, hey, this is what the Lord told me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. This is what else God told me. Oh, wait a minute. Uh Uh-uh. That's not God. Well, how's that not God? Well, let me show you. Because of this, this, and this, and this, that's what we need. People are, are, are lost today because they don't have that connection with one another. And you're that person. You're that one. Would you stand?